on the stage of the Google I.O., an annual developer conference held by Google in Mountain View, Sander Pichai, the CEO of the company, announced for the first time how Google was going to transition to become an AI-first company. That announcement was followed with the, actually the showcase and demo of a tool called Duplex. Google Duplex was an incredible, incredible achievement for Google as it shown an AI interface which was able, through phone calls, to handle very complex interactions. It was the first time that the business world actually saw the potential of AI and there was a lot of buzz and speculation around what Duplex could do and how it could change the whole business world. Now the thing is, Duplex was then rolled out gradually within the Google Assistant as a feature. And then, as of today, Duplex may be actually rolled out across the US. However, this was more rolled out as a limited feature within the Google Assistant. So, even if Google was among the first movers in the AI industry with the, the acquisition of DeepMind in 2014 for over $500 million, the huge amount of resources spent in AI with billions of dollars in AI research by Google and the integration of AI into various parts of the company the real opener of the whole AI revolution right now instead has been OpenAI, with the release and launch to the public for the first time of a tool which could reach millions of consumers worldwide, potentially through ChatGPT. That is why ChatGPT was such an incredible revolution from a business standpoint. For the first time on November 30, 2022, with the release of ChatGPT, we actually saw something that could be used by a large number of consumers. It opened up the way to the current revolution that we're actually living right now and a shakeup in the tech industry that is actually reshaping the whole landscape. And that is why it's critical to understand what's going on. And I want to make sense a little bit of the news that uh, came out this week which have been actually showing an acceleration in the competition in the AI industry for various reasons. And just to be clear, you know, with the release of uh, ChatGPT, that was the tip of the iceberg, also because in the last years, OpenAI had released its GPT iterations, and especially the latest one, which was G uh, GPT-3 in 2020, which shown the capabilities of what AI could do. On the other side, those were limited releases, meaning that you could access them only through APIs. Now, myself, I was impressed as anyone else uh, looking at what ChatGPT could do, also because I had witnessed since 2016-17 the progression of AI in the commercial space. And as I actually explained in previous episodes, the most interesting part to me is for the first time AI had become something really more general purpose, dynamic, and incredibly easy to integrate in any software uh, development that uh, any company is doing across the world. In other words, today to create the next 10,000 startups, all you need is simply a UX uh, API from OpenAI, 
and that's pretty much it by using prompt engineering and uh, by understanding UX design and by iterating fast with a startup mindset you can actually build quite valuable tools and of course you might argue but yes but then where is the comp- the you know the, the the competitive mode there and the thing is the competitive mode when you launch tools AI based tools on the market very quickly initially is primarily based on branding distribution and network effects behind of course the ability to put together a UX which is compelling at scale and of course over time you can build more and more of those pieces of uh, let's call it the supply chain of AI in order for you to integrate vertically and create more mode over time now let's get to the news because I think it's quite interesting to look at what happened this week and again competition here is a is a heating up quite a lot and there were a few interesting news for which I want to make sense of it for you if uh, uh, you've not been in the industry in the previous years. So the major most important news that came out this week was a few articles that uh, shown that for the first time in 20 years Google was threatened at the point of actually calling up Page and Breen back to the company strategy meeting to understand what would be the next move when it comes to the AI industry for Google and this strategy you know I am gonna leave everything in the notes you're gonna have the commentary but the strategy moved along launching 20 AI based products within the Google's ecosystem and this moved along from a simple product enhancement to search voice and producti- productivity up to the la- launch of a, ch- a ChatGPT like product which might come out anytime in 2023 called Sparrow which I already covered in previous episodes second point second news the Google AI strategy finally ChatGPT and the launch of ChatGPT back in November 2022 seems to have awakened the AI sleeping tech giant Google indeed it seems that um, even as I explained at the beginning of this episode Google had announced since 2018 to be transitioning into becoming an AI first company that didn't really translate into consumer products which were as impactful as ChatGPT had been in the last months and therefore Google released first a manifesto for AI where it was kind of saying you know the reason why we haven't launched anything at scale at consumer level is because we are responsible enough to understand the limitations of AI and therefore make sure that if we do release we are you know sure of um, guardrails in uh, you know uh, around the AI which can enable it to scale without creating repercussions of course we can believe this uh, this uh, announcement from Google it makes sense and uh, you know uh, you do understand that if you are in the position of Google uh, that's what you want to do you want to make sure to launch safe tools on the other side the argument is also another one it's more like a business argument where many say many people say yes that may be right that Google didn't launch anything yet when it comes to the AI consumer level such um, you know as transformative as a chat GPT but the reason why they didn't do it is because they were actually fear, fearing to cannibalize their own advertising business. They feared actually the backlash that the company would have had if anything went wrong. 
So they didn't have the so-called startup mindset. And then on the other side, they were probably doing things too slow due to the heavy size of the organization. Now, of course, we can take both sides. The interesting part is Google also released afterward, after its manifesto, a research into AI. The most interesting part of this research, Google explained how it's working to actually go behind large language models and it's working into multimodality. Now, if you followed the podcast and the previous episodes, you know that multimodality is actually quite important. And this is the next frontier for foundational players. So for those companies like OpenAI, which are building the foundational layer of the AI industry. So if you do understand that Google is actually saying, you know what, when we're coming out with something is going to be uh, so incredible, which might tackle a multimodality, you do understand that right now the battle in the foundational layer is played on the multimodality field, meaning that the player is going to be able to come up with a, an API that is going to be multimodal and a consumer product that is going to be multimodal, it can actually gain market shares quite quickly. So that's a key thing to understand behind all the other things that have been announced in the research and you can read it yourself in the link to the show notes. Another interesting news is it seems finally that the premium version of ChatGPT was actually uh, released. And uh, the interesting part is the pricing structure that was picked up was quite uh, simple by OpenAI so far. I didn't have the chance to access it for now, but uh, you know, it seems the news was confirmed by many, many accounts on Twitter, which was which were posting, uh, you know, different uh, videos and pictures of um, these, uh, you know, these, uh, uh, these, uh, this pricing. It seems, it might seem that the pricing is like $42 per month. Again, this again, um, still speculation. I've seen myself videos of uh, users on Twitter sharing how a ChatGPT premium version is actually working um, in, a, in a way that the performance is much better, it's faster and it actually doesn't uh, crash when uh, the tokens uh, have been maxed out. Because if you've been using the free version right now, you know that if it has to produce faster versions when it maxes out the tokens, uh, the, the message disappears and it doesn't go until the end. Because for instance, let's say you tell it to build or to write something like a long business plan or something like that, the ChatGPT might actually, cra- uh, might actually uh, you know, stop and then the message disappears as it maxes out its, uh, its tokens. So how many tokens it can give you back for free. And uh, again, you can actually read how this fits into the OpenAI business model and understand it by going through the previous episodes. Another important, important announcement was the announcement by Sadia Nadella, which to a Wall Street Journal interview highlighted how the Microsoft business model was transforming uh, from the bottom to the top to uh, with the integration of OpenAI products. I already explained in previous episodes how the Microsoft strategy in moving, is moving in three, three pillars, three directions. The first pillar is Azure, Azure, which is transforming into a supercomputer for AI. It is already a supercomputer for AI, but this is becoming really the infrastructure for AI. And then at the same time, Azure is also becoming a business platform where all the open AIs, uh, APIs will be integrated. And then on the other side, the integration with existing products, things like 
you know, uh, Bing, Bing or uh, Office or all the other productivity products of uh, Microsoft. And a third strategy is going to be about launching new uh, products in, in a partnership with OpenAI. And one example is uh, GitHub Copilot. Now, another key thing that uh, up, happened uh, this week is um, the confirmation that uh, AI, of course, might be destroying some of the jobs that we took for granted in the in the past, especially jobs related to content generation for, uh, you know, um, things that can be easily commoditized. Um, and uh, it's creating though new types of jobs. And one example of those skills needed in the industry right now, which is highly requested, is called prompt engineering. I covered it uh, widely on the blog and on the newsletter, on the podcast. Uh, and uh, covered it on the blog already quite a few months back. And uh, again, here prompt engineering is uh, goes behind. It, it is as important as coding, but it goes behind coding because the interesting part is prompt engineering can be used both from the backend and frontend behavior of the software. It can really be an answer which enables new features of a, of a, a software uh, app, while at the same time it works as a way to quickly iterate on the UX of the product. So the interesting part is prompt engineering can be used at any stage of the development of a tool, which can be actually uh, quite uh, transformative for software companies. That is why it's quite, it was quite interesting that a company posted a job announcement for a job posting for so a prompt engineer, which uh, paid a salary of over 250K per year. Now, the other thing which I also tackled and covered this week in one of the previous episodes was the fact that uh, we are going through an hype cycle, but also that we need to make sure that we um, you know, have sort of a skeptic mindset where we do understand the uh, drawbacks, limitations and dangers of AI, while at the same time we do not have a sort of scenic uh, mood where we look at everything around that is happening in the eye, we just say, you know, this is a bunch of BS. So let's be careful with that, you know, sort of uh, uh, behavior. Let's be skeptic, not cynic. I, you know, again, go back to a previous episode that I explained the difference and why it's important in the AI hype cycle uh, episode. And then at last point, uh, many um, new tools are coming up from the bottom, meaning meaning that innovation right now is not coming at consumer level only from the top, from large companies like OpenAI and Microsoft, Google and DeepMind, or like Apple or Stability in partnership with other players. It's coming also from the bottom as uh, new players and new startups, which are lean uh, and very fast, are launching interesting tools. The latest example is Perplexity AI, which is a conversational interface which is a sort of a search engine for question and, answer, and answers that uses a GPT-like mechanism to actually also retrieve sources and references as it goes by. So as it produces content on the fly, as you ask any kind of question, is actually it actually generating it's actually it's actually generating sources and references to the content that is getting generated. So it's quite interesting. Those are the news for the week. Again, you find the commentary in the show notes. And uh, I hope uh, to summarize a little bit of the news that happens uh, happen in the in the AI industry as we go along.